Happy Thanksgiving. Oh man, you're all awake. Here we go. I got to tell you, this sermon took a little turn to the right this morning. First of all, I just want to tell you how good I feel about King of Kings, that we advertised and said we want to feed people for Thanksgiving, and you folks made sure we could do that. Through the funds collected, we were able to send $400 to Bethlehem Lutheran Church up in North City. We're going to be able to send $500 or more dollars to Circle of Concern, and I picked up 37 meals this morning that were faithfully delivered. That's another thing about this congregation. I said to the drivers today, I said, be to church between 10 and 10.15 and pick these meals up. At five minutes to 10, I had it, almost all of them gone. You know, people just wanted to come and live their faith. But this is what happened. So I go down to Deerberg's this morning to pick up my 37 meals. And I go up to the deli, and I'm really dressed like a pastor. You know, I got on my blue jeans and my sweater and my tennis shoes. And um, go up to the deli, and I said, I have 37 meals to pick up. And the lady says, just a minute. And she comes back, and she says, you're Mr. Erdman. And I said, I am. She gives me the bill, and so I go, and I pay for my meals, and they get me checked out. And I go back. And there's four big egg boxes that have my 37 meals in it. And there's this guy there, and he says, I'll help you out. And I thought, okay. And so we get out to my car, and we put two of those big egg boxes in the trunk, and we put two on the back seat. And I say, I want to thank you. And the guy stops, looks at me, folds his hands like this, and says, the Lord be with you changed my day, changed what I want to say to you tonight, that if we're going to believe anything about Thanksgiving rather than the old, yeah, you should give thanks tonight and make a list and all that, it's may the peace of God rule in your heart tonight and tomorrow and throughout all that you do, because we are going to give thanks tonight for the good, for people to love, things we care about, and for really char, challenging and hard things, very difficult things we've had to deal with. And we know what's coming, don't we? Why, tomorrow is let's eat, drink, and be merry and watch some really loser football teams. Well, they are. You know, and you're going to get together with family and friends. And Oh, somebody reminded me, make sure you turn your scale back 10 pounds. Okay? So, that, yeah, Thanksgiving's great. And we know what's coming Friday. Friday's Black Friday. Right? We've been celebrating that for a month. You know, everything's been a Black Friday sale. And then what's Saturday. It's, what, Cyber Saturday and Sunday is max out your credit cards day and Monday something else. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? 
So we're here tonight to make sure that the peace of God rules our hearts. Now, long about Halloween, Lucy and I went down to um, visit our grandson, Roman, and we took him a Halloween card and some candy and had some of his favorite candy in there and then a book. And so we get down there and we give him this stuff and you know what he went right for is the candy. Okay, and he's just filling his little mouth with blue M&Ms and my daughter says, Roman, what do you want to say to grandma and grandpa? Did your parents ever do that to you? Yeah, mine did. That and writing thank you notes I never wanted to write. And Roman doesn't respond. And she says, Roman, don't you want to say thank you to grandma and grandpa? Mmm. Just feed me some more candy. And by then I was getting a little uncomfortable with that because it was bringing back flashbacks of when my parents used to do that. And I said, oh, Liz, we don't really need to go through this. And she says, no, Dad, Roman needs to learn what thank you means. Well, I got to thinking about that. And you know, if I need thanksgiving to say thank you to God, if I need thanksgiving to tell you you're important to me, man, I have missed the mark. Because thanksgiving is what? It's a way of life. It's either a way of life, something that is a part of our DNA, or we simply don't get it. Okay, Luke chapter 17. We've got ten lepers, and they can't get close to anybody, so they stand out by the gate, and they cry out in the original version, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus sends them off to the priests, and they get healed, and only one returns. Do you know that? Do you know, I'm going to celebrate the 42nd anniversary of my ordination in uh, December, and the gospel lesson for Thanksgiving for 42 years has been those 10 lepers. And I got to tell you, I have downgraded them, castigated them, told people how horrible they were, until I looked in the mirror and discovered I'm more like those ten lepers, the nine guys who didn't come back, than the one who did. That I can get a little self-centered, I can get a little full of myself, and maybe sometimes I just think, well, God finally came out and did something for me. Found an interesting definition of gratitude. The author wrote, gratitude is more than a side dish on your dining room table, you know, something that fits between the dressing and the bowl of olives, but isn't too important. That gratitude doesn't brush off the deep losses we experienced, loved ones lost, or it remembers meaningful jobs and how hard we work. Gratitude is a stance towards life, 
It is a decision to love all of life, in spite of how hard it gets or how you feel or how angry it makes you. Gratitude is a way of the heart. So I just want to tell you a couple simple things. The first is that Thanksgiving is in the little things. It's in the little things of life that we really get a chance to say thank you. Imagine seeing God's love in your boss. Anybody seen that? Or in the lady in the cubicle next to you? Or in the guy who passes you at 85 miles an hour on 270 talking on his cell phone and then he shares the peace of the Lord with you? Well, maybe not that, but... Or the neighbor who doesn't mow his lawn? Or how about those Salvation Army guys? That you can't leave a grocery store between now and January 15th without having one of those people there. Seeing God. Do you see God in your spouse? Don't answer that. <laughs> Pastors ever tell you, by the way, we can see whenever you jab your spouse from up here? <laughs> yeah. You know, can you see God in the husband who never puts the toilet seat down? Or the wife who is too busy talking and talking that she never stops to listen to what's going on? Do we see God in our children? In the three-year-old who melts down in the cookie aisle at the grocery store? Or the ten-year-old who tells you to hang it in your ear, there is no way I'm going to clean my room. Or in the 16-year-old who borrows the family car and wrecks it and then all of a sudden remembers, oh, I forgot to ask if I could use the car tonight. I mean, imagine seeing God giving thanks in the oncology unit up at St. Luke's or your last performance review at work. Did you see God in that? Or the pregnancy test that comes back negative or positive. You know, it can be bad news either way. Thanksgiving makes us look at the dead parts of our lives. It makes us look at the parts of our lives where we are numb and not doing well and not paying attention. And right now, there are some of you here who are saying, oh, come on, Pastor Ralph, don't you have anything else to say? Well, I want you to do this tonight. It's a four-minute exercise, okay? I want you to go home tonight, and before you turn on the TV or your computer or whatever you're into, I want you to sit down and thank God for your life, for what you have, for the losses you've experienced, for everything that's gone on. And real carefully, I want you to listen as that voice says, like it did 
to the one leper, your faith has made you well. Wouldn't you like to hear that every day? I want to tell you a story, and I told the um, seniors this story about a month ago. Uh, when my wife taught at Westminster Christian Academy, she had a friend there named Mary. And Mary had two jobs at Westminster. Her first job was to monitor all the technology and to get there early in the morning and to turn on all the computers, the servers, the automatic blackboards, just all that stuff, so that when the faculty came in, everything was ready. Her second job was she was the sheriff of the lunchroom. There was not going to be a food fight in her cafeteria. Well, one day, this kid comes up to her and says, I found this lunch. Can I have it? And she said, well, I'll hold it for a half an hour, and if nobody claims it, you can have the lunch. Well, sure enough, you know, five minutes later, another kid comes up and says, I lost my lunch. And she gave him the lunch. But she got to thinking about that kid who asked if he could have the lunch. I mean, Westminster's an affluent place. And she found out this kid's family, he lived in the city. He rode the bus out to school. And the family had sacrificed everything for him to go to that school. And Mary kept thinking, what can I do, and what can I do? And this is where I tell you Thanksgiving's in the small stuff, because one night she's making lunches for her two kids, and she goes, why don't I make a third lunch and take it to school for him? So she made a lunch, and she took it to school, and she gets there so early she could just put it in his locker, and she put it in his locker with a note. And it said, today we're having ham and cheese and potato chips. Have a good day. And it was signed, the lunch fairy. Well, kid gets to school, and he finds his lunch, and that's not too bad of a deal. And, but this goes on for weeks. The lunch fairy, you know, today we're having roast beef and cheese, and tomorrow it was tuna salad, and it and he finally wrote back and he said, Lunch Fairy, who are you? And he got a note back that said, Remember how much Jesus loves you. He never found out who the Lunch Fairy was. But at Westminster, they have a tradition that at the end of the school year, all the seniors have to write a faith statement. And this kid got up and his faith statement was entitled, what the lunch fairy has meant to my faith in Jesus Christ. All because she was willing to make a lunch. Well, hopefully the ushers gave you all one of these brown paper lunch bags when you came in tonight. If not, you're going to get one when you leave. You know, we're equal opportunity here at King of Kings. This is a project our preschool's doing. And I saw Babs Hunt this morning. She's on her way to Kansas City now, or she'd be here. 
the preschool kids, the three, four, and five-year-olds raised 604 bucks for this preschool in Uganda. Okay? And do you know how they did that? The preschool staff sent a note home that said, if your child could do a little extra work around the house, maybe you could help contribute to this project. And those little kids asked their moms and dads if they could clean their rooms and help with the dishes and empty the garbage. I mean, we should have thought of this a long time ago. $604. Do you know that for $1,200, you can feed 200 students and nine staff for a month? Their phrase that they use is, one mouth, one month, or it's called loving a lunch. Yeah, you want to be a lunch fairy? Oh, Lutherans aren't fairies, no. You want to touch the life of somebody else? Those preschool kids would like you to help. They'd like you to participate in feeding the kids in this preschool in Uganda. And you might say to your, oh, 1200 bucks, Pastor Erdman, really, you know, a little out of my league. Well, I got news for you. For 25 bucks, you can feed four kids. Wouldn't it be something if Babs could go into all those preschool families and say, guess what? The congregation put up $2,400 against your $600. We're going to feed those kids for two and a half or three months. Maybe you want to have a little love and a lunch. Well, you should be wondering by now, why did Pastor Al name this sermon the greatest miracle? I mean, he hasn't talked about any miracles tonight. See, I know you didn't read the title of the bulletin, so. The greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is not healing 10 guys from leprosy or curing cancer, or ridding our world of coronavirus once and for all. The greatest miracle is when God takes the ingratitude of my heart, my self-centeredness, my selfishness, the me, myself, and I of me, and instead he fills my heart with his peace, with his peace that passes all understanding, with the presence of his Son. So as we go forth to celebrate Thanksgiving tonight, hear those words. Your faith has made you well in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.